Guys, welcome to church this morning. And I want to welcome our Florence campus, our online campus. Anyone watching this morning, happy Mother's Day to all the ladies. You mother someone in some way, amen? Super thankful for the ladies in my life and especially my mother. You know, today in the house of the Lord, it's an emotional day, right? Because women, we're emotional. And also, there's just a lot of emotions that come with Mother's Day. Just personally in my family, I know it's the first Mother's Day my dad has without his mother. But I want to tell you that the Bible says that today is also the day that the Lord has made. Amen? And so we as a church, will, we will rejoice and be glad. So happy Mother's Day and happy Lord's Day. It's going to be an incredible, incredible Sunday here at Radiate Church. Thanks for being here. I believe that God has laid such a word on my heart, and I get to share that with you this morning. And I want to say a special happy Mother's Day to my mom. She'll be here at the next service. But I just want to say to her, you were right about all the things. She really was. And um, I also want to um, let you know who my family is, just in case you don't know me. And so I'm gonna show, they're going to show my family on the screen. So my incredible husband, your pastor, our pastor, Pastor Brandon Goff. Yes. Love it. And then we've got Brody and Cullen and Kylie, right? Brody and um, Cullen, they're going to be a year older in just a few days. Brody's going to be 12, Cullen will be five, and Kylie's nine. And so this is my beautiful family, and these three blessings, not burdens, these three blessings have made me the proudest mom. And even when they mess up, I still am the proudest mom. I don't know about you, church, but I am so excited about the future of our church. Not just our church, God's church as a whole. The next generation, I am excited about them. Listen, I was in Food Lion about two weeks ago, and I saw one of the families from our church, and I didn't really get a glimpse of them, but I heard, Miss Megan, Miss Megan. And so these two sisters from Radiate Kids, they come running up to me, and they're like, hey, and we share hellos and how are yous. And then the oldest one she said, I know my memory verse. And she's so excited to tell me. And like, granted, I just talked to her the Sunday before, and this was on a Thursday, and she just received her memory verse that she could put in her house and memorize it. And so she, I was like, you already know Exodus 15, 11 already? And she's like, I do, I do. And I know she wants me to ask her, like, well, what is it? And so I said, do you want to share it with me? Y'all, and right there in Food Lion, she goes, Lord, who among the gods is like you? Who is like you? You are majestic and holy. Your glory fills me with wonder. You do amazing things. Exodus 15, 11. And I was like, wow, I know. Give it up for it. Incredible. Her dad standing back there like, she took the challenge seriously. She wants the prize in a couple weeks, right? 
But she's hiding God's word in her heart. This is our future church who's going to stand up in food lion and declare that the Lord among all the gods is Jesus. And we can be in wonder about him. That's the future of our church. I asked some students, what do you wish your family knew? Here's what some of them said. I wish my mom knew I wouldn't be where I am today without her. I wish they knew I'm really sorry for what I did. I wish they knew I was thankful they told me no. I wish my parents knew I was glad they didn't let me date that boy. (laughs) Me too, girl. I could share in that. Not this one. They let me. They let me. (laughs) I wish my parents knew I do want to hang out with them. I want to travel more with them. I wish my parents knew I like to make them proud. I wish they knew, although I act like they're embarrassing, I really love how they treat me. And I love when my dad holds my hand. Today, I want to talk to all of us about leading the next generation. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, no matter who you are, someone has come after you. And they're around you. And we have an assignment to disciple them, to equip them. And when we become a believer in Jesus Christ, we have full life. But we also have a commission to go and be and make disciples. 74 million people in the U.S. are a part of Gen Z. They age between 8 and 23 right now. Research shows that two out of three of Gen Z will leave the church. They're predicted to leave God's church. The very thing that Christ died for, they're predicted to leave it. So like our pastor says, if we want something different, because I don't know about you, but I don't want two out of three students in here to leave. In order to get something different, we got to what? Come on now, I'm used to leading kids. And so some of y'all got to hop up and catch a butterfly or something. Need y'all to react this morning. Come on. But to get something different, we got to do something different. And you are all a part of that in leading the next generation. And as the next generation director of Radiate Church, I'm so burdened with what the next generation carries. It is heavy. It's very heavy. But drawing attention to just their struggles and not our Savior is not the way to fix it. We should be so in love with our Savior that it triumphs over any struggle. And we're like, I know you're not okay, and this is what we can do. And point them to Jesus. We need to train up the generation. And listen, if you're a student here, don't you zone out. Y'all wake up. It's important that you know who and what is available to you as you take steps forward in your friendship with God and in your faith in him and the things that you can do to receive discipleship. Listen, families, second voices, remember no matter who you are, someone comes after you. You're so important. The power of the second voice is so, so important. Let me explain it to you. 
If I tell my kids something a million times, but Pastor Travis or Mr. Phil or Miss Jessica tells them, they're going to do it. And they're going to listen. And I'm like, I told you that a million times, you know? So your voice matters in the lives of the next generation, no matter who you are. You all matter. We've got to pick up our cross and follow Jesus and pass him down to the next generation. And listen, it's not easy. You know, Jesus didn't promise easy. It's heavy, but I believe that a lot of holy things are weighty, but they're worth it. A lot of holy things are weighty and worth it. And hard is not the same as bad. You were made to do hard things. It's in your blood. We have to show them Jesus more than their struggle. I want to share with you a scripture from Exodus 3, 14. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is how I am to be remembered in every generation. How is God going to be remembered as the I am, the one who doesn't need an indicator. He is all things, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But how is he going to be known as that if we don't show those that came after us? We want God to be remembered in every generation. Y'all, I don't get it. How we live in a world that says, hey, he does this, she does this, and we kind of justify what we do wrong because theirs is worse. And we're just all about, like, what's wrong? And pointing out the bad things in the next generation or our children that are in our homes. We keep records of wrongs more than rights. We're more concerned with who did what. And this generation is more concerned with what can I do? Yes, there are starving people, mom, but what can we do about it? Yes, I'm depressed, but what can I do about it? Yes, I am rude. I am stubborn. I'm negative, but what can I do? Y'all, they're ready. They're ready to know what to do, and it's our job to pass down the I am who can trump all those things all the struggles. They're ready to fight. They just need the tools, the guidance, and the know-how. And get this, if we don't equip them, who will? Because somebody will. So today, I want to talk to you guys about three things, okay? Three things that will help us equip the next generation together. Because it's a joint effort, right? All right, the first thing we got to do is we got to pray first. We get to pray first, amen? I just read a book titled this, and Pastor Chris Hodges, he writes in the book, he says, prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best he can do. Talking about God. 
And I don't know about you, but I want the best the creator of the next generation can do. Because parenting, uh, just leading the next generation in general, it's hard, right? It's, It's crazy. But we need to pray first before we make a decision, before we open our mouths, hold our tongue. My kids hear me sometimes in the car, Cullen screaming his head off and like somebody sad about their hair or their clothes, whatever it is. And I'm just like, Lord, who among the gods is like you? (laughs) (sighs) I can't do it without them. We must pray first, right? Without praying, without God's help, without the Holy Spirit's guidance, we're merely giving advice. That's all we're doing. We're quick fixing an issue instead of uh, helping God create a heart transformation in our kids. When we don't pray first, we seemingly think we can fix this without his power. That we can lead the next generation without his power. And I want to illustrate this. So I'm going to ask Gage, one of our Radiate Kids, and Pastor Brandon to come up on the stage. Come on, give it up for their help this morning. Thank you, Gage, for helping out. You can stand right here beside Pastor Brandon. So there's a very familiar story, one of my favorites in the Bible. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 38 through 39. But what's going on here is we have the story of David and Goliath, okay? And they're getting, uh, Saul is trying to equip David for this battle, right? Like, you got to have this, you got to have that. So I'm going to read the scripture, and Pastor Brandon is going to get you ready for battle. Are you ready? All right, go ahead. All right, so 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 38 and 39. Then Saul, which is Pastor Brandon, had his own military clothes, and he put them on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head, and he had had him put on all the armor. David strapped his sword on over the military clothes. (laughs) And and David tried to walk. Can Can you put on those shoes and walk, you think? Let's see. But David tried to walk. Uh oh. Pastor Brandon's crazy about his shoes. Be careful. They won't fit anyways. And you know what David said, Gage? David said, I can't walk in these. Can you say that? Oh, he can't even get them on. David said, I can't walk in these. He said, I'm not used to them. So you know what David did? David took them off. Take them off. He took them off. And then he went... He said, get these things off of me. These don't fit, King Saul. These don't fit, Pastor Brandon. What worked for you isn't working for Gage, right? Let's give it up for them. Thank you, buddy. Awesome. See, the tools that we used when we were that age may not work for those that are this age now. So we must pray first and get the Holy Spirit's Spirit's guidance to know what to do and how to lead. Pastor said it like this, and I say this a lot. Our ceiling is their floor. Where we stopped, they're picking up, right? 
maybe in good or in bad, things are just different. So we've got to disciple them differently. We must seek God so the Holy Spirit can guide us. And David said to Goliath in verse 45, when he approached Goliath to fight him in the clothes, the armor that fits David, right? He says, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel. David's ready to fight. The next generation, they're ready to fight. But what are we putting on them? How are we equipping them, right? What are we showing them? So we've got to pray first to equip them right. That's the first thing. And number two, we've got to be attentive. Be present is another way to say it, right? There are approximately... This is crazy. There are approximately 936 weeks from the day a child is born until they graduate high school or until they turn 18. 936 weeks. And these are so important to laying the foundation of what's to come in their lives, to giving them Jesus, to showing them Jesus. As the weeks pass, I like to look at it like these jars of marbles here. As the weeks pass, we lose our marbles, right? In a good way, in bad ways. But I'd like to challenge you guys today to see that losing our marbles can be a good thing. In these, um, they'll show my kids up on the screen. But in these jars is a marble for each of the weeks that we have left to disciple Brody, Kylie, and Cullen before they're an adult. Now, of course, we'll lead and guide them the best we can, but they'll be an adult by the time all these marbles are gone. This is Cullen's jar. Guys, pray for us. We have 677 weeks left before he graduates high school, right? And I need y'all's help with this one. Especially, just kidding. But this is Kylie's jar. We have 480 weeks left, marbles left. And this is Brody's. He's our oldest. And we have 324 weeks left to make a difference, to make an impact before he's already made up his mind, right? With God, he can do anything. But this is training up a child in the way that they should go. And I, I think we should see the glass, not a lot of the way empty, but some of the way full. Don't focus on what you've done wrong, okay? Focus on, even if you have one marble left or two, focus on those two. Graduation is nearing. Make them say, oh, wow, you're different, you know? Pay attention as well to the good things instead of the bad. Because what's celebrated is repeated. Guys, we can make every marble count by speaking the truth, but in love. Too much truth is mean. And too much love 
is amazing, but too much grace, right? So we've got to speak the truth with grace. But too much grace, you're just being passive and being like, okay, they can do that. But truth and grace and love together, that's how we train up a child in the way that they should go. So when we lose all our marbles, they won't depart from it. Amen? Come on. And what we say, guys, is so important. The Bible tells us that life, not just life, but life and death are in the power of what we say, in the power of our tongue. We've got to think to those around us. Like even if we're coaches or teachers or tribe leaders or radiate kids teammates, you have a kid around you. We've got to think. Are we saying more bad over them than good? Are we speaking death over them? Because what's celebrated is repeated. You're going to get what you yell at. You're going to get what you celebrate. We've got to flip the script and encourage the good things. And as the next generation uh, director of the church, we always have like a guide verse. And 1 Corinthians 11.1 is it this year. And it's simply, follow me. As I follow Christ, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, Miss Megan, we're not going to get it all right, but we're going to do our best. So come on, follow me as I follow Christ. And it starts today. That's right. So we've got to um, pray first, be attentive, right? Do your kids ever say, watch me, watch me, watch me. Maybe when they become a middle schooler, they're like, Ahem. You know, maybe they don't say, watch me, watch me. You know, it, it kind of changes with the phases. But they, they, they want you to see them. And if you don't see them, someone else will. If you don't show them affection, somebody else will. If we don't disciple them to Jesus, they're going to follow somebody else. And it's on us. It's not about us, but it is on us. We have a mission. And we've got to pray. We've got to be present and attentive. And this is the third one. And I think it's the hardest because the enemy's trying to attack it. Our confidence. We've got to be confident. Pray first, be attentive, and be confident. No matter who you are leading the next generation, if anyone around you came after you, you have followers. And we are to set an example, no matter how young or old we are, we are to set an example in speech, how we talk, and how we live. And when we don't get it right, we show them forgiveness, right? What it looks like to ask for it. And guys, it's a ministry. When we, when we come into the family of God, again, we have that commission to go. It's a ministry. Parenthood is a ministry. Friendship, it's a ministry. Discipleship, a ministry. Here's what ministry is, the act of ministering to someone, the spiritual work of any Christian or group of Christians. Y'all, we've got to be confident in the call that God has put on our life. We've got to get out of our own way. Amen? We've got to get out of our own way and let God move. And listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I urge you, do not leave here today without him. Do not leave here without his Holy Spirit. 
Some of you are having an incredible day, and some of you are extremely broken by something that happened just yesterday. We can't do this alone and without the Holy Spirit we aren't able to tap into the peace that surpasses all understanding and the direction that God puts in us when we declare that I believe in Jesus and I'm going to give my life to him. Don't leave here. You can put it in the chat if you're online. Hey, I want to make Jesus my savior and we got you. We'll figure it out, right? Before you leave here, you can find me. You can find one of our staff members with a name tag. Go to that care corner It's there not to just look pretty, but for you to seek prayer. We've got Bibles and resources, and we're going to help you as we do our best to follow Jesus. We're going to say, come along, friend. Don't leave here without Jesus. We cannot be disciples of him without him. We've got to be confident in who God's made us to be. What do you want your kids to become? What words do you want your kids to be known by? If you could pick one, what's that word? There's these friends that call me, and when their name pops up, I'm like so eager and excited to answer it. I want to raise a generation that people are eager and excited to get their voice in their ear because they make people love Jesus that much more. That's the kind of kids I want to raise. And y'all, Maybe you're still focused on what you did wrong even on the way here in the car, okay? Maybe you're still focused on, oh, I don't have a lot of marbles left. You can change it today. Make the kids say, wow, you're different. Brody said that to me. He was three years old. We were um, at Killian Elementary School. We launched the church there. And most of our age groups were together. The babies were separate, and all the other ages were together. And Brody was right along. He was our first radiate kid, three years old. And he was just watching me and just so excited. I just saw the excitement in his eyes. And we left church one Sunday. And he goes, Mommy, I like you at church. And what that told me, I wasn't the same between Sundays. I was discipling the next generation on Sunday. And then I wasn't living like it. Between the Sundays counts. Us as a church family, we are here to partner with you. We have, listen, we have 40 hours a year if you come consistently to church to disciple your kids and radiate kids and in tribe. But if you have any of the next generation living in your household, you have 4,000 hours a year. So it matters what we do between the Sundays. And today's the day you can make a shift and disciple by praying first, being present, being attentive, and being confident in the call that, hey, he made me their mom. He made me their best friend, right? And so we're with you. We are with you to partner with you. And our church has partnered with an app called Parent Q. Go with me here. You can pull your phones back out, scan this QR code, or just go to your app store and download Parent Q. This is a way we want to.
put tools in your hand to help you train up the next generation. It's an app for families and for your smartphones, and it will help us as a church to connect to home. And it'll help as we equip and empower every kid and student to reach their communities for Jesus every day. You can add each of your kids in it and watch out. It's gonna tell you how many weeks are left before they become an adult, right? But it's there so we can make them count. So we can be equipped to show them God's word on their level. For all three of my kids, there's different content, different devotions. And listen to this. We're here to partner with you in doing this command found in Deuteronomy 6-7. Moses says, repeat them to your children. He's talking about God's commands. Talk about them when you sit at your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. This will help us do just that. It even has things I can ask my middle schooler on the way to school and also my four-year-old on the way to school because they're much different, right? And we wanna help you do that and show them Jesus. And this is just one tool to help. You get in God's word together. It even has, once you um, go to find your church and you type in our area code 29229, after you do that, our church has curriculum. The memory verse that that sweet girl shared with me in Food Lion is right there. You'll see it today if you have any kids in Radiate Kids and you can help them. They think they're getting a prize, but what they're doing is they're hiding God's word in their heart and in their homes so they might not sin against God as they grow. And listen, students, I told you not to, to zoom out. The whole book of Deuteronomy that I just read from it's Moses giving a speech before he dies. And here's one of the things he says in Deuteronomy 32, 7. He says, remember the days of old. Students, remember there were days before you were here. Do remember that. Consider the years long past and ask your father and he will tell you. Your elders, those that have gone before you, and they're going to teach you. Students, next generation, 8 to 23, if you see somebody that you want to be like, really anybody, if you see somebody ahead of you in something and you want to be like them and they help you love Jesus more, you know those people, you're just like, gosh, I love hanging out with them. They've got Jesus and they make you love Jesus more. Ask. Deuteronomy tells us to ask. Hey, will you disciple me, whatever that means? Will you... Will you help me follow you as you follow Christ and I learn what this looks like? Ask. Ask them to be with you. Some students, they're just like, hey, I, I want to hang out with you. I'm like, come on, girl. And they go to the ball games with us every now and then. And, you know, just do life with us. Discipleship, guys, doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be like such, so complicated. Bring them along. Just follow me. Like, follow the leader. Do what I do. Oh, but not that. You know, let them know. So, listen, I'm going to pray over us today. It's going to be such a special day when you leave here. But don't forget, we have a mission. And you're ready. And we're with you to train up a next generation who remembers God 
as the I am. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word and your love that's better than life. God, I pray over each family, each person in this room today, God, that you would encourage us and you would lead us. Show us what the next step is out of these church doors so that we can go and make disciples and so that we can say, follow me, you guys, as I follow Christ. God, we love you. We thank you for the call that you've placed on each of our lives. We wanna be more like you every day. Teach us your ways. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Come on, give God praise. So good.